0: What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, back in action today, Monday, July 27th, 2020. Baseball is in action right now, and we have expanded playoffs. We will talk about that in a second. In addition to that, hockey, basketball, both sports make their return over the course of the next week. Those sports will be back very soon. Today's episode is going to be called Hockey for Dummies. I will have Sam Quiet joining me here in studio in just a little bit. And really, I know there are a lot of people who haven't watched a whole lot of hockey recently and now that sports are coming back, they're excited to get into this big 24 team round robin playoff tournament. It's very unique. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I know a lot of people, maybe they don't have a hockey team. Maybe they don't know a whole lot about what's gone on in hockey over the last year. It's also been four months, almost five months since the sport was being played. So Sam Quiet will join me in a short bit. He will provide some educational resources to get everyone pumped up for this hockey season. And to be honest, guys, I'm I'm there with you in some ways. I love hockey and I love watching the NHL playoffs, the Stanley cup playoffs. But this year I was very entrenched in college basketball to the point that while I watched some hockey here and there, I haven't really been following what's been going on for the past four months. uh, And I'm going to need a refresher as well. So Sam's going to educate all of us in that regard. That should be a lot of fun. Hopefully later this week, Parker Gatewood will join me for an NBA refresher as we get ready for basketball season coming later this week, uh, early next week. I also teased that I would be speaking with Rachel Gerhardt soon about reality TV. That podcast will have to wait a couple of weeks, but... Good news in the world of reality TV, Big Brother is making its premiere. They figured out how to make it happen. They will be quarantining their production crew and it, they are doing Big Brother All-Stars. A bunch of former Big Brother contestants are coming back into the house to play again. We will have so much to talk about reality TV in a couple of weeks. I'm out of town next week, the week of August 1st. I'll be turning 26 years old on August 1st, believe it or not. Uh, Years are going by quickly these days. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to be out of action that week, uh, but I'll be back when I get back on August 9th. I look forward to writing some more columns on jackvita.com and doing more podcasts with sports going on. So much to get into right now. Things are looking up, and I hope you guys are staying positive As well as I mentioned, go on to jackvita.com. Check out the site. It's an awesome site. I put in a lot of work into over the past few months. I've written some columns. I most recently wrote a column about the Chicago Cubs' early struggles with creating their new TV network. Uh, What's going on there? Check out that column. But for now, let's talk MLB and the expanded playoffs. So, (laughs) of course... Hours after we get our MLB season preview, our last preview episode, we finally get that episode out onto the airwaves. And a few <laughs> few hours later, Anthony Franz texts me. Shout out to Weatherman Tex down there in Midland, Texas. Anthony Franz. And we find out that the MLB is working to expand its playoffs, and they end up doing so. So this season... We will have eight teams in each league making the playoffs, and so I thought we were finished with our MLB preview, but we must share our picks with this change. Uh, Jordan Morandini sent his picks to me. I will reveal them in a second. I think it's going to be a very interesting season in a lot of ways. We're already seeing early on. We're getting these games where the games are going into extra innings, and they're starting the 10th inning with a runner on second. It's been an experimental year with baseball. I haven't gotten used to seeing the designated hitter in National League games. It's It's been an odd year. <laughs> Let's just put it that. It's been an odd year so far, uh, but it's been very enjoyable. And I think with a 60-game season, we're already talking about how it's going to be such a strange season because if you get off to a bad start, you might get buried. Expanding to eight teams in each league for the playoffs is going to cushion that a little bit. and it, If you get off to a bad start, it's not going to be a death sentence. The league is going to make up some of the revenue that it's losing by not allowing fans in the stands, by having more televised playoff games if it comes down to it this October. Keeping my fingers crossed that this season is able to be played in its entirety, in terms of entertainment, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. The fans, I think, just as if this is a one-year thing and it only happens this year, I think having a big, crazy March Madness-style playoff, we're, we're going to eat that up as sports fans. We're going to enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, however, this is not something that is changed Permanently moving forward, I think currently constructed the MLB wildcard race, the, the amount of teams that we have in the MLB playoffs, just a third of the league, and now we're going to have over 60% of the league making the playoffs. I think it's perfect the way it is. No need to add more playoff teams for a full-length season in the long term, unless unless we expand to 32 teams and then we get the NFL model 6 teams in the playoffs in each league, 32 teams in general. Nice round number there. I think that's probably the best outcome you could get. But for this season, I think it'll be a lot of fun and it's going it gives us even more to talk about here. Jordan sent me his picks. And I guess we'll we'll start with the American League. So he previously had Yankees, Twins, Astros as division champs. They had the Blue Jays and the Indians as his wild cards. Now there are three extra spots. In those three spots, he's gonna go Rays, A's, and Angels. So he ended up picking up two of my playoff teams, the Rays and the A's. Not as high on the Angels, though. And here's why. I I just I was watching him yesterday when healthy. When Otani's in the lineup, when Holes is on his best day, uh, when Justin Upton, you turn back the clock on him a couple years, and then you have Anthony Rendon, that's a stacked batting order. I was watching him yesterday, however, and they're really just... There are a lot of guys that, quite frankly, I don't think a whole lot of people have heard of in that lineup. I think they're going to need to get a lot of production out of those guys. In addition to that, they're going to need their pitching staff to improve from where it was last year. And it'll be interesting to see if 60 games is something that helps them or for other teams, if that's something that hurts them with a weaker pitching staff. Not sold on the Angels. There are some other teams in the American League that I like a little more. But Jordan was really into the idea last week of the managers and what role the managers are going to play this season it it could be a bigger role in a 162 game season joe madden has proven to win and he wins even without the most talented rosters in baseball so i'm curious to see how he does it and if he can pull something off once again he very well could but in my opinion the angels are the fourth best team in the american league West, I previously had as my division champs. I had the Astros, the Twins, and the Rays. I had the Yankees and the Oakland A's as my wild cards. Now I get to add three more. Jordan was really into the Blue Jays. I'm not sold on them for the reasons I said last week, but there are a few teams that I am buying into. First and foremost, the Cleveland Indians, I'm on board with that. I think the Indians will get into the playoffs, but you know, <laughs> I'm not even sure they finish with the second-best record in the AL Central. I think the Chicago White Sox are going to make a nice push here. I think they're going to get into the playoffs. I think all three of those teams in the AL Central are going to finish the season pretty close together. Could be determined by one game, two games. It's going to be close. So I got three teams, believe it or not, from the American League Central making the playoffs. I teased that in the AL West, there's another team that I like quite a... Well, not, not too much, but I do like them more than the Angels. That's the Texas Rangers. Shout out to Tex, Anthony Franz, big Rangers fan. I like their lineup. They had Kluber to a rotation that really needed a big arm. And you get Kluber for this... Uh, short sprint here. I like that team a lot, uh, and that's so. That's my that's my American League. So that's Athletics, Astros, Rangers, Twins, Indians, White Sox, Rays, and Yankees. The AL East is very highly touted year in and year out. But I, quite frankly, I'm just not really seeing a third team in that division that I like a whole lot. Red Sox are without Chris Sale. Blue Jays, I think, are at least a year or two away. And uh, it's not happening with the Baltimore Orioles. Sorry for that spoiler, ladies and gentlemen. On the National League side of things, Jordan had, for his top five last week, he had the Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers as the division champions. Then he had the Phillies and Reds as his two wildcards. Now he gets to add three more wildcard teams this is where I think it's going to be extremely interesting in the National League side. So he's adding Milwaukee, the Washington Nationals, and the San Diego Padres. I think the Padres have a lot of potential to put together a really, really nice 60-game stretch, and I'm I'm tempted to pick them as well. Uh, there are just a lot of teams in the National League here in this middle group of teams that I think are pretty good to really good. I think In addition to those teams that he listed, uh, I gave my top eight teams a National League that I shared last week, and those are the Braves, Phillies, Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Nationals with the Mets, the Cubs, the Padres, and the Rockies all just on the outside of that. I think the Padres have the best chance of that group to sneak into the playoffs. I could also see it with the Cubs. I could also see it with the Mets, and really, I could see it with the Rockies as well. My division winners were the Braves, Dodgers, Brewers. I switched my pick. And then I had the Phillies and the Diamondbacks as wild card winners. Uh, now I'm going to dip into the NL Central. I think two, at least two teams, two more teams are making the playoffs from the Central. And it's kind of crazy. You could see four teams in one division making the playoffs in theory that could happen but at the same time since they only play each other and they're not playing the nl the nl central is not playing the nles they're only playing the al central and the nl central so someone naturally is going to get left out so i think you're really only going to see three teams in one league making the playoffs i don't think you're going to see four in this current iteration of this format so i'm going with the cardinals and the reds in addition to the car in addition to the Brewers, Braves, Dodgers, Diamondbacks and Phillies which gives me one more team and as much as I am interested in the Padres I feel obliged to put the Nationals into this group. They won the World Series last year, guys, for a reason. No Ryan Zimmerman this year, no Rendon, and there are yes, questions about them as a hangover team, but to be in the top eight in the NL, I mean, you have to think that happens with the Nationals and what they were able to accomplish last year. But Mets, Cubs, Padres, Rockies, any one of those teams could also fit right in there. I do think it's interesting. We expand these playoffs and we already know that financially they are going to make more money in this new playoff format by having more games. But they also have the potential to add more bigger markets into the playoffs. Uh, The White Sox, the Cubs, the the Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, the Mets, uh, the Cardinals. Well, no, I think most people had the Cardinals in. But really, a lot of those teams, while some are getting some hype, some people think they're going to get in, by expanding to eight teams, there's a much better chance that you're going to get those bigger market teams into the playoffs, which is going to equate to higher ratings. And the other hope that they would have would be to get Mike Trout into the playoffs as well. But quite frankly, I am not seeing it. So one last time, Jordan's teams, as we go through this, in the American League, Yankees, Twins, Astros, Blue Jays, Indians, Rays, Athletics, and Angels. And then mine are the... A's, Astros, Rangers, Twins, Indians, White Sox, Rays, and Yankees. National League side, once once more, once more, Jordan has the Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, Phillies, Reds, Brewers, Nationals, and Padres. I differ from him in that instead of the Padres, I have the Diamondbacks in there. I think. Really, other than that, we're on the same page for the National League. It's just the American League that we differ on a little bit. So, uh, yeah, thank you all for (laughs) joining us on this long journey of the MLB preview series. I think we're finished with it, but hey, Major League Baseball could slap something on us. Once again, that forces us to have another alteration and another chapter to this preview but I think it's pretty safe to say we are finished for now Jordan will join me once again sometime in August and we will talk some more baseball and that will be a lot of fun but let's talk some hockey and at this time let me bring in our guest for the day Sam Quiet how are you Sam i have been doing well Jack how about yourself I'm, do- I'm doing very well uh That's we're calling this hockey for dummies today
1: I mean, this entire season, this entire playoffs is hockey for jumping. Anything <laughs> you thought you knew, throw it out. It's an animal all to itself. How you doing? Are you enjoying the summer? Enjoying the summer. It's it's been a hot one.
0: Yeah. It, it's been brutal. It's been that weird. good or bad for you?
1: Oh, it's bad. When you're a big guy like me, <laughs> you, you start sweating before you get outside. It's hits you. It's just – it's brutal, but, I mean, it's weird without sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, now that some of them are back, some of them are ending, Premier League's over, baseball's finally getting going, but we'll see what happens Yeah. with that. Um, you know, NBA is just about back, NHL's back for – I don't know how they expect me to get any work done. It's gonna be <laughs> hockey from
0: 10
1: a.m. 11 a.m. until 10 p.m. 11 p.m. Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to focus on anything else.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. Are you optimistic about your Colorado Rockies? Before we get into the hockey, I just uh, want to know. I thought
1: you were going Avalanche, and I'm no. like, yes, very optimistic
0: <laughs> about the Avalanche Rockies. Oh
1: I want to say yes, but every year it's the same story. I think it comes down to the pitching staff and. Even last year, we thought we had a great pitching yeah. staff. They went out. They spent a ton of money on pitchers for the first time in franchise history. A bunch of pitchers brought in. I think we brought in the old uh, Cubs closer last year.
0: Yeah, Wade Davis. Wade
1: Davis. It, it, the team lets you down every year, though. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. They they can go to the World Series, and we love them for going to the World Series in 07. They should have beat the Red Sox.
0: So. <laughs> well. They, they will let you down. So I, I'm – Cautiously optimistic. But. Well, Kyle Freeland, two years ago, Cy Young candidate, best pitching year ever by a starter at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Lowest ERA ever at home. Last year gets to, sent down to AAA. I I, I mean, what happened?
1: Keep looking at the history of the Rockies. Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, you know, was a Cy Young candidate. We thought we had our Tim Lincecum style ace to go toe to toe through no hitter. Yeah, next season, traded to Cleveland. I think he had three wins on the year at the trade deadline when we shipped him out. Uh, Jason Marquis, um, he was 12 and 2 at the all star break one year, second half of the season, 1 and 11. I think, <laughs> I think he ended the year a game under 500. Oh my gosh, uh, you know, it's it's Coors Field, unfortunately. Yeah. It's it's a hitter's ballpark. It's a hitter's atmosphere, uh, which is great for the batters. Y- you can't get any pitching, though, to commit to term at Coors Field and not only commit to term, uh, but just perform well at Coors Field. Pitchers are afraid to go because they know future prospects, future earnings. It all depends on that one season. And Every season is a battle now. I think the average life of a major league player is, down, is about 5.7 years or so, 5.7 seasons. You know, if you're great at Coors Field, congratulations, you're great. <laughs> if you're not, though, that 5.7 could see you on the bottom half of that spectrum.
0: <laughs> so you are our hockey guy here on the Jack Vita Show. Uh, it's been a couple years. haven't we, I don't think we did anything last I year. Like did, I
1: think two years ago yeah. we did. Uh, we did a few of them. Yeah, there was a couple of them.
0: Yeah, and I know that a lot of people now are going to be watching hockey who maybe haven't watched hockey in a long time. So we're doing hockey for dummies, and we're going to orient them with what's going on in that world of hockey, and you're going to help me out a little bit as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, well, like I said earlier, everything you know about hockey, throw it out. Everything you think you know about the playoffs, everything you thought you learned from watching the Hawks if you're the the Chicagoland – uh, go to the Stanley Cup all those years ago and win it, throw it out. This is a new type of playoff. So, you know, typical playoffs 16 teams, eight from each conference, yeah. one plays eight. Which is
0: now the baseball playoffs. Which is
1: now the baseball, <laughs> yeah. So, the baseball and football is heading that way too. They're, they're trying to get up there. Uh, but, you know, typical, like most things, you know, even whittle your way down quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. This year, it is completely different. Uh, So the NHL, when they went on the pause uh, back on March 11th, I believe it was, um, they decided when coming back that you can't just move forward with the teams that were in the playoff race at that point because there were teams that might have missed the playoffs, but they had games in hand on the teams ahead of them. Teams had matchups against each other. You couldn't just go the top eight. You couldn't really go the top ten because of how close some of the playoff races were. So they agreed with the uh, the National Hockey League and the National Hockey League Players Association came up with this plan of a 2014 playoff, twelve <laughs> from each division, two hub cities located up in Canada, twelve
0: from each conference,
1: twelve, or 12 from each conference. Yep, uh, division does not matter for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Two hub cities located up in Canada, that was strictly due to COVID-19 and the league and the players association feeling that Canada had a better control of it than the United States, uh, just regarding uh, outbreak and stuff. Um, So two hub cities, Uh, the Western Conference is located in Edmonton, Alberta, and the Eastern Conference is going to be located in Toronto, Ontario. Um, And both hub cities... Uh, essentially have a quarantine-free zone or a quarantine-zone bubble where it is a COVID-free zone. So everyone in the bubble is getting tested daily. It is very limited regarding who can go in. Uh, in each hub city, there is about a 1,000 people, players, personnel, coaches, medical, media, uh, just about a 1,000 located between two different hotels. They have about 10 to 12 different restaurants which have been quarantined off just for them to go to. Uh, they have a couple movie, the- uh, impromptu movie s- style theaters, uh, set up within the hotels, a couple of different players, lounges, and outdoor area, uh, all on the property of the hotels they're staying at. They have transportation provided for them to and from the rink and the practice rinks. Uh, so they are living in their own unique little world up there. Um, so for the players, it's their first time experiencing this as well for the fans It's going to be a wild ride, and if you are looking for something to do during the day like I am, there will be hockey on every day (laughs) uh, starting August 1st, six games a day for the next four to seven days while they go through the prelims.
0: Dude, so get this. August 1st. My birthday, by the way, so I'll be 26. You just turned 26 recently, too, right? Happy birthday. Thank you. Sorry, I missed that. Happy future birthday. Yours was what, like a month ago?
1: Uh, Yeah, a month and a half ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was off Facebook for a while, so I missed it. It's a good call. (laughs) It's a very good call. (laughs) It's nice to take a break and unplug. I'm going out of town August 1st for a whole week, northern Wisconsin with very limited cell and internet, and it's funny that... We're doing this family vacation right as everything's getting going. It's I would tell my family, see you guys in a
1: week. <laughs> I'm not going.
0: But I'm excited for that. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to miss the start of all this stuff. So. You're going
1: to miss the Hawks being swept in three games. Probably. Oops, <laughs> uh, it, it is a unique situation. Uh, the structure behind it is that the top four teams from each conference will have an automatic bye past the playing round uh, so that they can even out and get down to a traditional 16-team playoff format. Uh, so the 12 seed will play the 5 seed, 6 plays 11, 7 plays 10, and 8 and 9 play each other. Uh, they're all playing their games in the same arena. It's a neutral site, no fans allowed in. Um, to make it uh, even more fair... Toronto and Edmonton, being the host cities, will not get their home dressing room either. Just to put everyone on an equal playing yeah. field, they'll have the visitors' bench. Um, last change will be determined by the seating, so who will be home for that game. Uh, so they're really trying to put everyone on an equal playing field. But to be honest, even if you are the home team here, even if it is your home arena, and you know, the only difference would be you know where the boards bounce at one point. You know, Maybe that this stanchion on the glass sticks out a little bit further than the rest for some reason and it's such a far shot of having a whole nice advantage actually though that it's all going to be who which players and which teams have stayed in the best shape during this offseason. Something I can say I have not done. (laughs) Uh, and which teams come in ready to go. Who has the right mindset of thinking, hey, in you know, with it being a short series, these play in rounds are best three out of five. So with it being a short playing series, the goaltenders have a short leash, one bad goal, and you could see a goalie getting pulled, two bad goals, and I will be shocked if the goalie is still in the game. Uh, Same with players. If you have one bad game and it looks like you're not in the right mindset to go, the teams have an extended uh, roster for this playoff, just for this one playoff due to COVID and everything, just in case someone does test positive, they will have to potentially quarantine off some of the players they've been hanging around. So the players also themselves... When they're not at the rink, they're not spending too much time uh, outside of a group of three or four players that they typically are around just to protect the others on the team. Uh, so it is unique situations. The games are coming hard and fast, um, with it being, you know, they have a week to play the play-in games. Uh, so you play every other day. Uh, the round-robin teams will play uh, three games against each other uh, to decide the seating for one through four. So it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season, normal playoffs. Regular season doesn't matter at this point. You're there. Make the most of it. All it takes is getting in, as teams in the past have proven, when uh, L.A. Kings won it as an eight seed. Uh, last year, the St. Louis Blues were last in the NHL in January and went on an incredible Stanley Cup run. You know, we see it all the time in baseball. Red Sox come back from down three games to nothing. Yeah, all
0: Nationals last year. Nationals
1: last year, You know, 5-0 and in elimination games. You just have to get in, and anything can happen.
0: Survive in advance. Yep, survive in advance. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think something we can do as we go through, so we'll go through these first-round matchups, and then uh, maybe I'll get a pick from you at the very end, (laughs) just a grand scheme of it. But then we'll revisit some more of this hockey in a couple weeks when I get back and talk about what's going on. But uh, one thing I think would be fun is I know a lot of people, maybe they want to get into hockey, but they don't really have a team. So, maybe you can uh, try to pitch some people on some of these teams. Oh.
1: All uh, uh, right. There, there's a couple. Yeah, no doubt about it. Edmonton uh, is a good one to get in on. Edmonton is a great one. They have arguably the two best players in the league. Yeah. And, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Connor
0: McDavid is what, 23, 24? He's
1: 23. I had to look it up the other day <laughs> uh, because right now NHL Network is actually going through and doing their top 25 players under 25, and I believe today – uh, on August 27th, or July 27th, they are releasing who is in the number two slot, which would leave number one. Uh, there are two notable players that haven't <laughs> come out on that list yet, though. Uh, one of them is Connor McDavid, and the other one is that Colorado Avalanche's Nathan McKinnon, who is a Hart uh, Trophy for the league MVP finalist this year. Uh, I expect McDavid to be announced today, and I'm sure if I went on Instagram right now, I would see his name there <laughs> at number two, and I expect Connor McDavid to To be named number one tomorrow, not only is he the best player under 25, he's the best player in the league and one of the best players the game has ever seen. His speed, his skill, his control with the puck, his vision, it's unbelievable. Um, There is a classic goal that he and Leon Dreisaitl scored. Fortunately, it was against the Blackhawks for the Chicago <laughs> uh, but he,
0: Which may be happening a lot this next which, week. Yes,
1: which one. Well, <laughs> those two could combine for quite a few goals, or they could do it themselves. It was, it was a great goal. He comes down the wing, just turns, spins around. You're like, what's he doing? Throws the puck to the front of the net, and who's there but his good buddy, Leon Dreisaitl, who just taps it <laughs> into an empty net. And you're just looking like these two are on a whole nother level. I mean, it that's Connor McDavid's just half of it. Uh, when he was injured this year, his teammate Leon Dreisaitl, who was another Hart uh, Trophy finalist for league MVP, he went on an absolute tear. He put up record numbers uh, for himself and for the league in a short period of time in the modern era. I mean, Even though my guy Nathan McKinnon is a finalist, <laughs> I'm picking Leon Dreisaitl. The season he had was just unbelievable. He's the league MVP in my mind and probably in much of the players' minds as well. Uh, But the Edmonton Oilers are a great team to get into. Uh, They will be good for a number of years. There's some questionable uh, goaltending with Mike Smith. He's a solid netminder, but uh, he doesn't seem to be consistent enough to win you a Stanley Cup finals, uh, to win you the Stanley Cup. Um, They're a great pick. Another great pick, if you like a classic underdog team that, works the other team to the bone and just does not give up the columbus blue jackets they're also a great pick if you like coaches who get angry and yell a lot Uh, coach john tortorella is known as a loose cannon his phrases are definitely not safe for
0: work Uh, (laughs) or for the podcast or
1: for the it's not safe for a lot of things we'll go with that he is known to go off the deep end um he he will cuss out the league. He will cuss out his players. He will cuss out the refs. He will cuss out the fans. He will cuss out the media. He will cuss out himself. Whoever is to blame, he will place the blame squarely on their shoulders. But I'll give him this: he's one heck of a hockey coach. Yeah, uh, he can get the most out of his team. Columbus this year lost more games, uh, man games this year for due to injury than any other team. They were expected to be one of the worst teams in the league uh, due to losing their star goaltender and a lot of players that they brought in last year for a playoff push. Uh, and yet here they are. They are in the ninth slot here. They were fighting for a playoff spot. They were, I believe, uh, just a couple points out from the playoffs when the pause happened. I think they were tied with some teams. They might have actually been in uh, due to points, but now due to play or point percentage um, for this playoffs. Uh, they dropped to the 9C. Uh, this is also the team last year that upset the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had one of the best regular seasons in NHL history. They tied the record for most points. They had the league MVP. This is the team that went out there and swept them.
0: Uh, yeah, that was unbelievable. I remember that. I watched that.
1: Unbelievable. The scenes out of Columbus, it was the first series. I believe it was the no, second series the team has ever won in the playoffs in their 20-year existence. Uh, the city was just going absolute nuts. They're also a fun team to watch because they have a live cannon in their rink, which goes <laughs> off when they take the ice and when they score goals. And sometimes they'll catch players on the other team napping on camera when they're not expecting it. And that cannon will go off and scare the living daylight. like
0: that. <laughs> It's fun to watch. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about some of these matchups. So, uh, did you have, you want to start with one of these two teams? Yeah, to we'll, talk just, about? we'll just
1: jump in here. Uh, Easter conference. Uh, just to quickly run through the round robin, so the teams in the round robin: Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers. Philly started the year off very slow. It took them a while to come to life, um, but when they caught fire, they caught fire fast. Uh, they were nine and one in their last ten games at the pause to squeak into the top four here, just in front of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they beat them out by three points. Uh, they also have one of the best feel-good stories from the NHL during the pause. One of their uh, players, Oscar Lindblom, uh, was diagnosed with cancer back in I want to say November, or he might have started his treatment in November. During the pause, though, he finished his treatments and was signed to an extension by the team. So wow. he will be back next season. He has three awesome. years at three million a year. Uh, so he's a great young player for them. Uh, you know, the team has motivation to. Go out and continue what they're doing. They have a fantastic netminder in Carter Hart. He's the future of Team Canada for all upcoming international events. Look forward to seeing him in 2022 and 2026 when NHL players return to the Olympics.
0: That's, yes, that's exciting. The,
1: the League and the Players Association during this pause negotiated a new collective bargaining agreement. Part of it is the players wanted to go back to the Olympics and return for a flat salary cap to help the owners uh, and in return for foregoing their final paychecks this year to help with um, with some of the lost revenue from yeah. the season, the league agreed to let the players return to the Olympics. Oh, so sweet. We will have NHL players in the Olympics in 2022 and 2026.
0: Sweet. That's great.
1: Um, yeah, so just moving through there. Yeah, um, keep going. You know, I see for the seeding predictions here, um, as good as Boston was in the regular season – I think this layoff, while it's been great for them, for some of their players to recover, I don't see them being as hungry or as motivated as Tampa is. I see Tampa coming into this hungry to prove everyone wrong. That last season was a fluke. They are going to come in. They are going to attempt to steamroll the competition. They are going to be playing angry. They are going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I see Tampa Bay finishing... Uh, at the top of this group in the round robin.
0: Tampa Bay Lightning this year. It's maybe similar to 2019 for University of Virginia Cavaliers after they got bounced yeah. by UMBC 2018. Yeah. There's
1: definitely a similarity there. they come back, win it all. Uh, do I think Tampa Bay could win? I mean, Tampa Bay definitely could win it all.
0: Yeah. Any
1: of these teams, for the most part, could win it all.
0: But that, that same type of motivation <clears throat> and mentality coming yeah. in.
1: back, And you knew those players were coming back after being embarrassed on the national stage, first time a one-seat ever lost. There's no doubt about it. You come back with a chip on your shoulder. You spend that extra hour in the gym every day during the summer. Uh, For the Tampa Bay guys, Tampa's a very nice area to live especially in March, April, and May. Once it starts getting hotter, it's a little bit (laughs) worse, but you know. When the season shut down, most of these guys didn't leave. They didn't go home. They were still there. They were still working out. They were skating as soon as they could get back on the ice. In a short series, preparation's key. So these guys, once they get to the actual quarterfinal stages, the conference quarterfinals against who knows who, they should be ready. They'll have three tune up games against the best teams in the conference. Um, we'll see how they do. But I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, Washington, Boston, and then Philly. Uh, Coming out of the round robin there. I think Washington will go as far in this as their captain, Alexander Ovechkin, will take him. It's his will, his will and his might will lead the team through thick and thin. Uh, we know that he's hungry for another Stanley Cup. we we all saw how we partied in 2018 when we had the cup.
0: <laughs> that was quite a summer. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> the,
1: the summer of Ovi. <laughs> you know, live in infamy. But I think at this point he's seen it all, he's done it all. He's won it all. He wants to win it all again. Uh, I don't think he's ever had more fun than he did that summer, <laughs> and he will do whatever he can to do it one more time. Um, but moving on after those top four, so the first seed so the first matchup we come to is the five twelve, the Pittsburgh Penguins versus Montreal Canadiens. Could have told Montreal three months ago that they would. Afford, uh, I say three months ago, thinking, oh yeah, start a playoffs. Tell them in January. <laughs> you could have told them in February they'd be in the playoffs. They would have kicked you in the back of the shin and said, get out of my office. <laughs> that team was dead and done. They went and traded away a couple of key pieces, looking to the future, and now all of a sudden, here they are up in Toronto, set to potentially play for the Stanley Cup. Uh, the scary thing is, is in a short series like this, five games, need to win three, a hot goaltender can win you the series, and when Carey Price gets hot, He's the hottest of them all. Yeah, he's He, he's he will stand on his head. He will. There's a reason he has won the Vesna a number of times. He will stand on his head and win you the series. Uh, with that being said, though, this break has been very kind to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right before the trade deadline, they went out and got Jason Zucker from Minneapolis or from Minnesota. They brought back. Oh, they bring. They brought back Connor Sheary from Buffalo. Jake Gensel's now healthy. Sidney Crosby's now healthy. Evgeny Malkin's now healthy. Brian Rust is healthy. They have a two-headed monster in net and Matt Murray and Tristan Jari. There's just too much firepower for Montreal to handle. Yeah.
0: It's the same type of thing they had uh, when they won uh, either one or two of those When they went
1: back-to-back 16-17. There's just too much firepower, great goaltending.
0: Yeah. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury Fleury and Murray, those two two
1: guys. That's the same situation again. And what Matt Murray did to Marc-Andre Fleury, coming in taking over his position and Essentially forcing him out the door to Vegas. <laughs> Tristan Jari could be doing the same thing next season to Matt Murray with Seattle having an expansion draft coming up here uh, at the end of next season. Very true. Uh, Matt Murray could be on the chopping block, and it could be he's not protected. One of those goal- goalies is cannot be protected, so they're either going to have to be traded or a deals going to have to be negotiated with Seattle to take someone else, you know, in return for not taking them. Uh, by the way, if you guys have not looked up yet the Seattle franchise expansion, the Seattle Kraken, fantastic. Go take a look um, at the jerseys. I think they did a great job. Actually, go and look in-depth at the – there's a short uh, explanation for what everything on the jersey represents. And my favorite thing is in the secondary logo, the anchor representing the deep um, – oh, man, I'm blanking here uh, – the deep waterways there, though, in Seattle. The Seattle Tower is in that Anchor logo as part of the Anchor. It's a very cool
0: piece of art. Sweet. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be really fun. I think Seattle people, they're gonna really get behind them. Oh and God. they lost the Supersonics, and it was tough, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great landing spot.
1: It's a fantastic landing spot. They had 40,000, I think. They had 40,000 people on the wait list for season tickets after wow. they'd already sold out the Eighteen or fifteen thousand deposits that they needed to guarantee the franchise. Another forty thousand waiting. It's going to turn into you know something that you leave your seats to your kids and your grandkids because it will be that hard to get seats out there.
0: I believe we got a hashtag Bring Back Supersonics. That's great. They've such a great fanfare how they lost the Supersonics. Unbelievable. Kevin
1: Durant said it. Uh, I don't remember how long ago he said it, but he mentioned that he would love to see a team back in Seattle someday in his career. Because he thought it would only be fitting that he starts his career there, and ends his career there in <laughs> Seattle. Uh, you don't hear from many people, you know, who live there. They all love it. Everyone yeah. loves the area, even though it rains all the time. It's gorgeous. You can go from the beach to the mountain. Um, you know, in downtown Seattle, it never really snows much, just due to the. Location. Uh, the deep waters there, mythical beasts living in the water.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard the summers are great there. The summers are much probably Much kinder to you there than here. Oh, much kinder
1: to me there than here for sure. The humidity <laughs> here just kills me.
0: <laughs> it's been very humid lately too. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, but uh, the Pittsburgh Montreal matchup, I have Pittsburgh winning that one yeah. in three, maybe four games. If Carey Price stands on his head and Pittsburgh's not ready, uh, I think Montreal has to win the first game to have. Any chance in the series, if Pittsburgh goes up 1 0, they're not going to lose this series. Uh, No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, it's a tough team. They're a tough team. They're a great team. Would that be the most shocking outcome? Or would the Blackhawks winning be? Well, I guess maybe there's another one.
1: Trying to think here. Uh,
0: If there was an upset. Out out of the
1: East, I think that would be the most shocking outcome, depending on who you ask. You ask. Any fan in Toronto, they're going to say that if Toronto loses to Columbus, that's the most shocking outcome because True. Toronto Toronto has to get over the hump this year. It is a do-or-die year for them. Uh, but to me, I think that would be the most shocking outcome. And all the other ones, uh, there's no team as heavily favored to win the series in the East, at least. Um, Moving on to the next one, which you would think could potentially be an upset, would be the 6-11 matchup, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers. Uh, As I was mentioning to you before we started recording, there were two teams that rejected the NHL's return to play uh, proposal. One of them was the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, While the teams did not have to elaborate on why, it is largely speculated and believed that it is because... They knew they would face New York if this points percentage proposal (laughs) went through. And the Hurricanes happened to go
0: 0-4 against the (laughs) Rangers this year. Makes (laughs) sense why that's
1: happening. uh, Looking at the scores of the game, too, 4-2, 3-2, 5-3, 5-2. The problem wasn't so much Carolina's lack of scoring. They put up nine goals in four games, which isn't bad, 2.2, 2.25. two point two, two point two five problem is, is that they gave up 17 goals in four games. Uh, for a team that's supposed to have a somewhat steady backstop in James Reimer and uh, Peter Marazic, you look at that and you go, all right. Uh, Marazic was clearly the number one throughout the season. He was great, but when he wasn't able to go, James Reimer was great. Uh, when both of them were injured, uh, the emergency backup goalie from Toronto was great. Uh <laughs> That's a whole nother thing, the e-bug situation. (laughs) Uh, But the question becomes, who do you actually put in net for this series, and can Carolina get it done? They went out, and this was a team that spent heavily at the trade deadline, uh, bringing in Brady Shea, bringing in Vincent Trochek, bringing in a couple players from all around just to really build up that blue line, build up their forwards, and make sure they were prepared. They believe in their goaltending tandem. The question is though, you know, with New York, you have Artemi Panarin, who was one of the best players in the league and was is another Hart finalist there. You have Chris Kreider, you have Jesper Foss, you have a lot of great players still in New York, uh, not quite to the talent level overall of Carolina, but you also have a three-headed monster in net between uh, Henrik Lundqvist, the king of New York City,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Igor Shosturkin, who is a young rookie that came up this year who demanded to play in the NHL, or he would retire from the NHL and go back to the KHL. And there's Alex Georgiev. Um, all of them are great goaltenders. Uh, you know, It's just a matter of who is going to start. For the Rangers, naturally, you would want to say, well, who's the best goaltender? In this case, it would be Schusterkin. You would think, hey, put him in net, then he gives you the best chance. He only has 14 games on NHL experience. And yes, he was 12 and 2 in those games. Uh, he was 12 and 2 or 10 and 2. Um, while he was fantastic in those games, he doesn't have that much experience. So you would think, all right, then what do you do? Do you go Georgiev or do you go with Lundquist and let the experience, let a guy who's taken you to the Stanley Cup finals before? Do, who do you put in net? I think it's going to be Lundqvist to start. Uh, like every other goalie out there, he's going to have a very short leash. Um, one bad goal, you might see a timeout. Two bad goals in the first period, he's pulled. You're not going to wait until the end of the period, maybe to let him do it with dignity and grace. There's no time to spare. You have to just yank him and get him out of there right away. Um, I think this will be one of the more fierce matchups in the first round. Um at this one could go either way, honestly. I have it written down Carolina in five. <laughs> uh, like everyone else, I am hesitant to make picks just because they're unprecedented times. We haven't seen a shortened season like this uh, since tw- 20. What was it? When was the last lockout? It was 20, 2013. 12, 2012, 2013, yeah. there. Um, you know, that was a shortened season. Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. uh Hey, that that was the start of this avalanche dynasty we're about to see. Uh, We haven't seen a shortened season since then, but that was also sort of a reverse shortened season where you missed the start, had the whole rest of the season, and right into the playoffs here, you've had a layoff for three, four months. Um, But I think Carolina should take this one. I think they will get the goaltending they need to make it through the series, and they will find a way to shut down Artemi Panarin, and they will then outscore the New York Rangers to win the series. All right. Uh, We'll jump over uh, the 7-10 matchup. This one's going to be quick just like this series. (laughs) The Islanders versus the Panthers. What's going on in Florida? Will the Panthers even be healthy by the time they get to the bubble? We hope so, but I think it's going to be Islanders and four. Uh, Panthers might win a game. Sergei Bobrovsky might steal a game for them, but most likely it's going to be Islanders and four. Jump into the eight nine one here. <laughs> you, you don't
0: have to go. You know, take your time. It's oh, that, those, whatever that, you want to do. That was all the notes I had back in.
1: That game. I, it was four lines. <laughs> all right. Said, all right. I just want to make sure. To be boring.
0: I was just to make sure. You, there's yeah. no. You do whatever you want. I. There's no time constraint. <laughs> there's no. <laughs>
1: I mean, but hey, like I told you. All the detailed notes are in the Eastern Conference. I could tell when I was going through and preparing, oh, my <laughs> mental capacity is just strained here at four. Uh, so the 8 Toronto versus Columbus. Toronto last three years has lost in Game 7 to Boston. At some point, they have to get over a hump. I think they're just happy not to play Boston in the first <laughs> round here. But, of course, you come up against Columbus, who everyone also thought would be last place in the league. Tortorella did an amazing job with them, got them to the playoffs. Um. This one's going to be very interesting because Toronto is a run-and-gun style team, while Columbus is a very defensive team. Um, and it's a lot easier to tell your top six forwards, go score and tell your bottom six forwards, don't let the puck in the net, than it is to tell a defensive team, hey guys, we're doing a great job at playing defense, now someone has to go score a goal. It's a lot easier to say, hey, we've scored four goals through two periods, but we've given up three, focus on defense this period and we'll win the game. This one could go either way. Columbus has the same thing in net. Elvis Merzlikens um, and Jonas Corposalo, both great goaltenders. Elvis came out of nowhere as a rookie and just took the league by storm. Like I keep saying, it will go either way. (laughs) I I don't want to make a prediction on this. I originally wrote down Toronto in five and then changed it to Columbus and then changed it back. Uh, I have it down again as Columbus in five. Uh, For the sake of making predictions for this, I will leave it at Columbus in five.
0: Okay. Evan Uh, Myers will be happy. He's still working with the Blue Jackets. He's still working with the Blue Jackets.
1: Evan will be happy. I think this one, though, I think it's Columbus suffocates you defensively. They limit your chances to score. They keep the shots wide. They play a team-first game. If Toronto comes out and focuses on the team aspect, Toronto could blow them out of the water in three. Columbus could win it in four, but I think most likely it will go five games and it will be another game seven situation for (laughs) Toronto. And once again, I think they leave heartbroken and they have to go home in their own city and watch teams play in their own rink and there's nothing they can do about it.
0: That's brutal. I remember that 2018 series. That was a great series. Not great for them. but Not uh, great for them, but That yeah. was a phenomenal was, series.
1: Uh, a couple times against Boston, you know, up 4-1 with 12 minutes to go, and you let them tie the game and win it in overtime Yeah, Boston. Yep. It, that was the beginning of the end um, for their old GM, for Lou Morello. Tampa, so it would then be Tampa versus Columbus, Washington versus the Islanders, Boston versus Carolina, Philly versus Pittsburgh. That one's going to be fun. (laughs) If that happens, will be an absolute bloodbath, the Battle of Pennsylvania. Um, Also, you could then potentially have Tampa Bay and Columbus, a rematch. And in this one, I see Tampa just absolutely destroyed them. There's no way they're going to let them do it. They're they're not going to let them embarrass them again. Uh, So I see Tampa Bay in five over Columbus. Washington over the New York Islanders beating their old coach who they won the cup with, Barry Trotz. I see them in six carolina and boston which is an eastern conference final rematch from last year i see it going seven games again but this time carolina shockingly coming out on top i just i'm not giving boston as much credit as i think i should um their team is definitely older i think a lot of the players it was a little bit harder for them to stay motivated during this break especially with families and knowing that hey this is unique times Uh, where I don't get to spend with the kids usually, I'm going to take advantage of it. And they may have slacked off a little bit, had a torn motivator cuff. (laughs) Um, So I think Boston, I think they'll be disappointed and disappoint their fans again, especially after going to Game 7 last year. I think they'll be out in 7 there in the first round, and then Pittsburgh in 6, I see, over Philadelphia, uh, which would then match up Tampa Bay against Carolina. Tampa Bay winning that series, Washington versus Pittsburgh. Another O. V. Krogh. Yeah, o. V. I'm so matcher.
0: down for that. Um, and That'd in that great. one,
1: I think. I think Tristan Jari comes in. I think he'll have to replace Matt Murray at some point in these first two rounds. And I think he steals the show. And I think he pushes Pittsburgh over the edge to the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa. Uh, and then from there, I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Say we don't have to go that that far. <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Who knows who will win that series?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, point to get over to the west
1: Yeah.
0: so wait, in the west who are some good bandwagon teams for people to get behind
1: I would say the Avs, but stay away from my team, I don't (laughs) don't need any bandwagoners the Avs are a great young team, they're going to be great for many many years to come uh, look out for them in the future. Same with St. Louis. Um, they're not young, but they just find a way to keep getting it done.
0: Well, you'd be getting in year after winning a Stanley Cup, though. So that'd be kind of weird. It'd be like, I, I'm, a, I'm a blues fan, but I, yeah, I did.
1: There's plenty of people who became Cubs fans nationwide when they won. There's plenty of people who became Red Sox fans nationwide,
0: you know, when they started winning. Well, I think it starts typically, it starts before they like it, it's when they're a favorite in the it's playoffs, it's before they win. And then, after, not yeah. a lot of people are like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I joined uh, the next year after. They I won. mean,
1: yeah, that's the stereotypical bandwagon, you know, just yeah. always rooting for the winner. Um, you know,
0: the, but they're a fun team,
1: they're a fun team. Yeah. The Oilers, like we mentioned earlier, yeah, they're great. If you want a fun team, Vegas. Oh yeah, Vegas is a great team. It's impossible to be a bandwagon fan when the team's in its third season. So
0: yeah, you know, exactly. Vegas is
1: a great team. Um, you know, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas are part of the top three teams here. Um, Dallas is the fourth one here in the round robin. Um, you know, they just squeaked in. They had a very good season, but no one really gave them much credit. Um, just capping the round robin quickly here. I think. The Avs had all these teams' numbers throughout the season. I don't see it being any different. Um, I think they were 8-1 and one against, 8-2 and two against these teams. I think it's going to be Colorado in the one seed when the round robin's done, St. Louis in the two, Vegas in the three, Dallas in the four. So just the Avs and St. Louis swapping their positions currently. Um, you know, shocker, the Colorado <laughs> boys picking the Avs. <laughs> Uh, jumping into one that we were talking about earlier, the Oilers and Hawks. Uh, congratulations, Chicago. You are in the playoffs by the will of, and grace of God. You are in, um,
0: we'll be out pretty soon. Yeah. You
1: know, uh, I'm
0: glad they got in. They were number 12 on the last, they
1: they squeaked in. Congratulations. Your reward is going to Edmonton, playing them in their own building in front (laughs) of no fans, (laughs) Uh, potentially without your number one goalkeeper and Corey Crawford, who is day-to-day now yeah. after being declared unfit to play, um, your reward will be being bounced by Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the powerhouse that is the Edmonton Oilers in three games.
0: Yeah,
1: I- I'm sorry, I'm not giving yeah. them much hope. I think any hope they have, well, yes, it's a team that knows how to win. They don't have the depth that the Oilers have. Um, they don't have the goaltending that the Oilers have. And honestly, all hope for any team here is going to live and die by goaltending. And while uh, Malcolm Subin is a great backup and one of the nicest guys in the NHL, one of the best personalities, probably only second behind his brother PK. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> he did great with Vegas. He doesn't have the Vegas team, though. He doesn't have a team that full of rejects that want to play for each other and show what they can do. Mm. Sorry, Hawks. You're you're, you're (laughs) going to be taking that first flight back from Edmonton.
0: Were you as surprised as I was the fact that the Blackhawks dynasty ended so abruptly? Or did you see the writing on the wall?
1: The the writing was on the wall for years to come. Um, What was shocking is how long it took them to uh, give John McDonough the boot. The Hawks were engaged in old school hockey politics in a way where you've rewarded the long-time players of the team who won you the Cups with lengthy contracts. In a salary cap era, you can't do that. You can't have half of your salary cap buried in four or five players. And yes, you can look at Toronto and say Toronto's doing that as well. They're doing that in young talent, in talent that is in their prime, not talent that has just exited their prime, and now you're stuck with – 5 6 year deals. Yeah, not have trading to run out their they're contracts. Not trading no Naren clause. for Saad. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not getting rid of uh, MVP candidate just due to salary cap issues. Uh, so it's the writing's been on the wall. Yes, Kane's still a fantastic player. Taze is slipping a little bit. Uh when he wants to be, you know, when he brings it, he is still a great player. Uh, great playmaker you don't have enough depth because you can't afford it Uh, your goaltending I've never been confident in Crawford's ability to be a solid number one he's a great goalie when he's on he's just inconsistent um, and you know you have him locked up in long term contracts as well you had Marion Hosa on the books for a while even after he re- he's still on the books i think you know he's going to be the uh, what is it Bobby Bonilla Bobby <laughs> yeah buddy. yeah you know Near you're, you're going to have a uh, Mer- happy Marion Hosa day here pretty soon <laughs> as, you know his 12 year contract <laughs> that you signed him to and
0: actually that was, you uh, signed him in 20, 2010. 2009 before the 2010 season he was there for 2010 yep, he yep. was coming off so, the yeah, year with 2009
1: uh, with Detroit
0: yeah, after 2009, he was with 2010. Kitscher. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, you know, he signed a 12 year deal. So, actually, you know, he's almost off of his contract finally. Um, but, you know, you, it's going to the Hawks have to hit rock bottom here. And they're slowly inching closer to it, uh, trying to save what they can. But, you know, you're getting great pieces Kirby Doc, uh, Adam Debrinket, great Oh great yeah. players moving forward. You've got some great talent out in Rockford and the minors. The day will come again, Hawks fans. Don't don't fret about it. But for now, I'm going to enjoy watching this dumpster fire that is known as the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: <laughs> while you live here,
1: while I live here, That's true for any team but the Hawks. All right, moving on.
0: <laughs> I actually I want to correct you on something. All right, Alex Debrinket. What did I say, Adam? Oh, I was like, am I am I crazy? That I no, used no, name no, him?
1: you're right. I was thinking Adam Boofquist. Uh,
0: yes. Adam
1: Rufquist yeah. is another player, and I was like, "Yeah, he's great and all, but he's no DeBrinket. <laughs> yeah, he's not the cat.
0: Yeah, he scored. I think he scored two goals at the the game I went to back in November. To beat mm. the Canucks.
1: Okay, yeah, Alex DeBrinket. Yep, you're right.
0: <laughs> that doesn't happen at all, by the way, folks. Sam's N- always never, on top of Never, game. always, 100. He's professional correcting here. me. <laughs> we're 100
1: percent professionals here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, the six eleven matchup: Nashville versus Arizona. Um, it's going to be kind of a snooze fest. Nashville's top six forwards all underperformed this year. It's not atypical that you have a player who is a star who has a bad year. It happens to everyone. It's very atypical when you have your all top six of your f- top six forwards have it in the same season. Um, just to put this in perspective, Nashville's leading point scorer this year by almost 20 points was their captain, a defenseman, Roman Yossi. Um, He finished with, I think it was around 70 points next close, or 60-something next closest, I think, was Matt Duchesne with like 43, 45 points through 60 games. That's terrible for a guy like (laughs) Duchesne. He's an NHL all-star. He is a fantastic player. He's won gold with Canada. He should do better. That entire team should do better. Then again, though, on the other side is Arizona, I mean, they went all in on uh, Derek Stepan in New York. They went all in on bringing Phil Kessel from Pittsburgh. They went really all in when they traded their future for Taylor Hall, hoping they could re-sign him. Uh, And then, you know, as we are one day away from the start of the playoffs and their preliminary round-robin games, their GM up and leaves the team yesterday. (laughs) Uh, Issues with management, issues with the owners, uh, just one day before, he's just up and gone. So Arizona it's is another dumpster fire that makes Chicago look like a paradise right now. <laughs> um, with that being said, if Antti Ronta returns to his form before he was injured, he could be spectacular and potentially steal him a game or two. Uh, they could get scoring. If Taylor Hall plays like the MVP he was two, three years ago, you never know what could happen. Uh, Pecorine and UC Soros didn't have the best of years for Nashville and Nett. But I think Nashville just has too much firepower for Arizona to be able to handle. And in the end, it's going to be Nashville taking the series.
0: I think it would be great if they brought in the Nashville musicians that do the National Anthem. They should video them in for the National Anthem.
1: I know there have been rumors that... Uh, each team will have their own goal horn buzzer and that some of them oh, will sweet. have their anthem singers have pre-recorded okay. done for when they're home. Yeah. Um, and supposedly there is a rumor that there will be a cannon in Toronto for the <laughs> I don't know if it's just going to be a recording of the cannon or yeah. if the cannon itself is actually making the trip.
0: Well now I gotta wonder what Vegas is gonna what they're gonna be doing.
1: Yeah Vegas I mean it was known for you know the pre-game shows and yeah. everything having the giant head drop down they won't have that there obviously. Uh uh, I don't think I don't think there'll be too much, but the NHL has also not revealed many of the tricks that they have up their sleeve. They yeah. just release pictures of what the arenas will look like, and they keep saying, "Just wait and see." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's got to be more exciting than the bubble that they have in Orlando for the NBA.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's got to be a little more exciting. I think uh, NBA wise, they were looking to get back to playing and stuff. Uh, I think they did a great job with their campus, at least. of— Getting them a safe campus where the players can be, bringing in the barbershop, having gaming lounges and stuff like that. Uh, you know, supposedly the food could have been a little bit better, <laughs> as we know, um, from players leaving to go get food. Uh, who was it who left? Lou Williams. Who was it? I was about to say, I can't believe they're letting him back in.
0: Yeah, he. so he got spotted. Someone took a picture got of him at, at a nightclub. Yeah, It was a strip and club, then he claimed, Yeah, he claimed that he was just picking up food. And they're like, yeah, he's only taking what, like, is he in a 10-day quarantine or is it two So days, I one think he, day? Or? I think it was
1: a 10-day quarantine yeah. he was supposed to enter. Um, supposedly, I heard it was going to be one day. Maybe it was just one official game he was going to miss. I'm amazed they let him back in. Gary, yeah. Gary Bettman's made it very clear to anyone in the NHL bubble, if you leave the bubble, you are not coming back. Certain circumstances, they'll go case by case, but... You cannot just leave and come back that same day. We will not let you in, even to go straight to your room in quarantine. You will not come in. You will find your own way home. You will not be able to come in and get your stuff. We will have someone bring it out for you. Zero tolerance policy to make sure that the bubble's integrity stays intact.
0: Yeah, and the bubble stays intact. And
1: yeah, the bubble itself. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, it can't yep. get popped. Thankfully. Can't, yep. Thanks. Thankfully, it's a real. It's a real place. Is that
1: yep. it? <laughs> metaphorical bubble? Here. Yeah. We're not. This isn't bubble hockey.
0: It's <laughs> not like the Simpsons movie with yes. the big bubble.
1: <laughs> oh, that was great.
0: <laughs> Where are we at now? Uh,
1: we are at the seven ten matchup. Just two more to go. Hang with us here, folks.
0: Oh, we'll they're they're loving it.
1: Seven <laughs> ten uh, matchup: Vancouver versus Minnesota. That's another I, saw,
0: I saw that Vancouver team earlier. They they got smoked by the Blackhawks.
1: I think I remember that game. I mean Vancouver's a good team. Um Markstrom's had a good year. Thatcher Demko's a very capable backup. They've got some great talent. They've got some uh, great rookie, potential rookie of the year candidate in Quinn Hughes. He won't win it, but uh, you know, great talent. They've got a very bright future ahead of them. I just look at this matchup in Vancouver and Minnesota, they don't excite me. I yeah. think of You know, a semi-physical game with a lot of small players who just are going to, you know, they pass the puck well, they're very quick, they're exciting when they're moving fast, but there's just nothing here to get me excited. Like, what's the storyline here? You know, it's Vancouver, it's Minnesota. I'm just thinking, can they both lose? (laughs) Can we just send them both home early? (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I, I don't see it being a... Physical series. I mean, skill not size. Um you know, for Minnesota, I wonder where are their goals going to come from. It hasn't been a good year for Parise. They got rid of Zucker, not expecting to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, their goaltending, Devin Dubnik, has been questionable at times this year. Can Minnesota do anything in the playoffs here? <laughs> um I I vote no. I see Vancouver winning this one. Uh four games. I think it's going to be a pretty easy series for them. I don't think that they're going to be too bruised and bumped and bruised coming out of it because it's not going to be too physical. It might get a little physical at points, but Vancouver should you – know, it's a cakewalk for them almost. Yeah. Minnesota's going to make me eat those words. <laughs> uh, then there's the final series, the 8-9, the only all-Canada matchup we have, Calgary versus Winnipeg. Um, that should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. You know, Calgary last year, much like Tampa Bay, number one seed in their conference – they were knocked out in five games after winning the first game against the Avs. The Avs come back and beat them to kick them out. Disappointing year for Calgary there. Uh, this year hasn't been that good for Calgary either. Um, you know, they've struggled at points to score. Uh, they still have a lot of great talent. They still have you know uh, Cam Talbot, David Riddick in net. Uh, I think the most exciting thing, though, for Calgary and Edmonton fans coming in is that their one preseason, pre-tournament game, pre playoff game is against each other. The Battle of Alberta is alive and well, and it is going to be nasty. Originally, it was looking like back in February, when these teams were supposed to play the final day of the season in April, that that was shaping up to be a potential decider of who gets into the playoffs or who could even win the division. Uh, There's been a lot of bad blood between these teams this year. What I'm wondering is are Calgary and Edmonton going to go at it so hard and fierce in that meaningless game the tune-up game that Calgary could come into this series against Winnipeg, beat up and not have enough energy left in the tank. They could overlook Winnipeg and just focus on trying to beat the living daylights out of Edmonton. Edmonton, I think we can all agree has a little bit easier of a matchup in Chicago than Calgary does in Winnipeg. Winnipeg yeah. has one of the best goalies in the league, potentially the Vesna winner and Connor Hellebuck. I think Calgary's going to get bounced again in the first round this year too. I think Winnipeg takes this one.
0: All right. Um, yeah. Is Dustin Bufflin still in Winnipeg?
1: So he's not. He was released from his contract uh, at the – I think it was officially July 1st he ah. was released from his contract. He didn't play this year. There was – no one's quite sure. Uh, it was believed to be issues with management um, wanting to sign a new contract in his final year. And management, they just weren't willing to work with him, went on the terms he wanted. Um, and it just, they just never got it done. Um it's interesting, you know. No one knows. Have we seen the last of Big Buff in the NHL? Potentially, if he, we all know, he's a warrior. He's a fighter. Yeah. Uh, he will do what it takes to stay in the NHL. He will change his game if he has to. Um, I think that he will be back next season. I think he will. You know, unfortunately for him, m- most of the time we would know by now. Where is yeah. he going to be playing? End of July. We're training camps are opening up. We're getting yeah. set for preseason yeah. next season. <laughs> we would know where he'd be. I'm sure he's talked to a few teams about it. Homecoming
0: for the Blackhawks.
1: Potential homecoming for the Blackhawks. I'm sure he's talked to a few teams, maybe talked with the Blackhawks. Unfortunately, no one's been able to go and see him skate due to everything going on. Um, but I, I think that after the COVID Cup here, we will see the COVID Cup. So. <laughs>
0: All right. So that so that's our Western so that Conference. That
1: wraps up the Western Conference. Um, I, I have Colorado coming out of the West, though.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. If you had to make an East pick, just right now...
1: I, I have Pittsburgh over Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, it could go either way. I think Pitt, of healthy Pittsburgh, I think, is just a little bit more skilled than the fully healthy Tampa Bay. Um, it's all going to come down to if Tristan Jari steals the show, if Matt Murray steals the show, if Andre Vasilevsky, who is always a the finalist, steals the show. Uh, He's the first goaltender in many years to be, I believe it was, back-to-back-to-back finalist for the Vesna since Martin Brodeur did it. So when you're mentioning the same (laughs) sentence as Brodeur, you know you're up there with some of the best. Um, (laughs) um, It could be Tampa. It could be Pittsburgh. Either one. I have the Abs over them both. Maybe a little bit of hometown (laughs) bias, but I also see for the Abs the question is going to be goaltending. Uh, Philip Grubauer is a great goalie. Pablo Francos was a great backup, but is it enough to carry them to the finals? Um, who knows? Maybe this year, when everyone's had the rest that they need, uh, the Abs are now fully healthy. Landeskog's back, Rantanen's back. We have, my opinion, the Rookie of the Year and Kale McCarr. You have a solid top three lines, a solid top six defense. They'll be a tough team, as any team would tell you. They're young, they're fast, they're skilled. I think that this could be the year that all my hopes and dreams come true, and I get to see the Avs win another cup.
0: Well, I hope that for you. And uh, if they can't win, and if the Blackhawks can't win, because we know, you know, uh, they're a real front runner here. (laughs) (laughs) The matchup that I'd like to see would be Edmonton and Pittsburgh to see because McDavid reminds me in some ways of what a young Sidney Crosby. Uh,
1: Yep, everyone goes, you know. uh, Crosby was the face of the league for many years. McDavid's that new face of the league. Crosby was
0: about his age when he won his first cup too.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, 2009. Yeah. He was the youngest captain ever to hoist the cup. Um, Yeah, it was about McDavid's age. Uh, There's a a couple experts out there, you know, experts in air quotes. (laughs) Uh, now actual uh, people. uh, Anthony Stewart from Sportsnet up in Canada has Edmonton picked as well to win the Cup. Uh, So there's a couple people out there who think that Edmonton could do it. He knows that they're angry that... They felt they should have been in one of the automatic top four spots. Yeah, uh, They actually had more points than Dallas, uh, but they had 83 points. Dallas had 82, but Dallas had two less games played. Uh, so by points percentage, Edmonton got kicked out of the top four. Um, so Edmonton very well could go on a run there. You know, They missed out winning their division by two points as well. Um, so they're angry. They know they can play with any team. They know they have a healthy McDavid, a healthy dry sidle, a healthy core. I just don't know if they're deep enough after them to make a deep run yet. Yeah. They've made some trades, uh, Anthony Sioux, they have the real deal James Neal. Um, you know, but do they have the enough defense? Do they have enough secondary and tertiary scoring to get it done?
0: Yeah, I'd just like to see that Crosby. Yeah, I think so there's, there's
1: going to be so many storylines throughout I re- really hope Philadelphia and Pittsburgh find a way to meet in the oh, playoffs. yeah, that would be uh, great. If Calgary and Edmonton both get through, if there's a way that we can actually have a full series against them, uh, that's what we were, it was shaping up to be in the playoffs. If they did finish 2-3 in their division under normal circumstances. Uh, for anyone who watched any of those games, uh, if you didn't, there is a fantastic game the last time they met where there was an all-out line brawl, a goalie fight, Everyone. So just looking at that and imagining seven games of this, (laughs) it is a hockey fan's dream to be able to to watch those teams duke it out for seven games. Uh, Really, though, they say it is the toughest championship to win, and there's no doubt about it. You have to go through a grueling four rounds, best of seven. Uh, every other night you're playing, uh, You know we all know the stories of people playing with punctured lungs, broken ribs. Brian Campbell broke his leg twice on the same shift and still finished it. Uh,
0: hockey players, hockey toughest players, athletes.
1: Toughest athletes out there. Uh, there's nothing quite like it. And for those teams that have to play in the playing round now, you have an additional potential five games on top of the standard. Uh, potential 28 that you can play if every round goes all seven so there's nothing like it it is a grueling race to the cup Uh, lucky for everyone they're coming in fresh but it should be very exciting to watch Uh, and it all starts August 1st on the networks of NBC
0: All right, Sam. Quiet. This was a lot of fun. This was great. Thanks for having me, Jack. Let's do it again uh, in a couple weeks, two, three weeks, when we're further along in these playoffs, and we'll talk. Blackhawks
1: are back home. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the abs are going to get bounced in the, they're going to get bounced in the first round and I'm going to be sitting here crying in three weeks
0: <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me and I'm sure the listeners appreciated this and it's going to bring a lot of excitement it's a little uh, little guidebook that they have for little when they watch book, these yep. games like those little manuals that yeah. you could buy with your like Madden 2004 <laughs> <Yep. laughs> alright thanks Sam All right, folks. There you have it. Sam Quiet returning to the podcast in his long-anticipated return. Talking hockey. That was a lot of fun. I recorded that last night and I noticed in the middle of that my family was getting dinner ready in the background. So maybe you heard at some point, the oven going off with a beeping sound and some plates slapping around over there. I apologize for that background noise. Uh, One of the downsides to doing podcast episodes in person, in studio, but hey, we had a great time. I hope you guys did as well. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Jack Vita Show, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You'll never miss an episode. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. It would mean a lot to me. It would do a lot of great for this podcast, expanding our listenership. Log on to the new jackvita.com for more content. I will be speaking with Parker Gatewood. Hopefully later this week, we will see... And Rachel Gerhardt in a couple weeks once I get back from Wisconsin. Out of town next week. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you guys are continuing to stay safe, stay positive, trust God. We'll get through all of this. Believe me, uh, I know it's the truth. It's just the speed bump for right now. But keep staying positive. Trust the Lord. We'll get through all of this. And until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.